knocking it out of the park. Ready your ears. Time to test your ability to change lanes. Enjoy the ride. Here we go. Another podcast from the group Changing Lanes Above the Neck. Stay tuned to absorb real discussions for and about real people. Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Devil 27 and Changing Lanes Above the Neck 49. We're going to do a crossover podcast with my buddy Marianne. Uh, Welcome to the Marianne Show. Our subject today is the art of self-pity and how it plays in relationships and divorce. That's why we have the crossover of Divorce Devil and Changing Lanes Above the Neck. So, Marianne, what is self-pity? Well, you have you have the definition there? Oh, yeah. So, the definition of self-pity <laughs> is excessive self-absorbed unhappiness over one's troubles with a goal of attracting attention. Can you speak to that? All right. Um. I have wallowed in self-pity myself after my divorce. I mean, looking back now, I didn't realize it then. But having researched a little bit about self-pity, I realized that I have when I divorced. I, you know, everybody's like, oh, my, you know, my ex-husband, he did that. And he, you know, he hurt me this way. And and my, my daughter, she hurt me this way. All my friends did this and this and this. And then just not taking responsibility for my part in the situation. That was one thing I learned in divorce recovery. No matter how maybe one person cheats, man, it's never 100 zero. No. There's always, everybody has a part. And sometimes it's hard to accept that part. Yeah. And not accepting that part, that's where the self-pity comes in, I think. Yeah. And I think if you just, and like we talked about last time, that, Change, challenging. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember last time. I have a mental block. Do you want me to refresh your memory? No, that's okay. But go ahead. <laughs> now, when you talk about change and uh, challenging yourself and change, and so when you wallow in self-pity, you never really you never really give yourself the opportunity to, to change. You never challenge yourself and you never take – um, responsibility for your own actions. But isn't some self-pity good to begin with? It's almost like a defense mechanism. You know, you you have self-pity, but you don't want to wallow in it. So at what point does the wallowing start? You know, how do you, you know, everybody's got to be different. Where self-pity lasts for, for days, months, years, you know, that's a little long. I don't know necessarily if self-pity is is good, I think it's I mean if you if you if you just blame everybody else for your misery I don't I don't think that's ever good. I'm going to slightly disagree with that okay. because I think a little bit of self-pity is good at the beginning. Okay. As long as you realize that you have to get out of that mode and move on to a accepting your new reality things like that. So maybe a little bit of self-pity is good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because it's almost like a stage. Yeah. As one person told me one time many, many years ago. She said to me, okay, you got one day to, you know, to have this pity party and then you need to move on. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's the self-pity yeah. one day, one week, yeah, a month. At what point does it and, become uh, yeah. not good? Yeah. And I think the pity party too... Pity party, I think, is like an all-encompassing self-pity. And I think we do that naturally. 
just as a defense mechanism, you know, through life. Let's say that you're having a bad day Mm -hmm. and having a bad day. Sometimes you have that self-pity, but as long as you get out of it and you recover from there and you realize it and you acknowledge it, I think you're okay. But I think I'm going to, my friend, she has a major, she's major, majoring, pitying herself. And she's done that for a long time. And now what is happening, I would say about eight years now, six, seven, eight years. And now she's taking it out on other people. So she's projecting her self-pity, basically. Yes. And now, I mean, it's, that's, you, if, if you're, I mean, if you're realizing you're pitying yourself, you need to, I believe, you have to get over it pretty fast. Because if you're, like you said, projecting it on somebody else, mm-hmm. you're going to lose, you know, family members, friends. I mean, you, you're going to end up alone. Because nobody really wants to hang around somebody who's pitying themselves. So it's almost like a, a contradiction of terms because the goal of self-pity is to attract attention, to attract others. Yeah, yeah. But what happens with too much self-pity is that you end up alone. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of ironic. Yeah. But it's, I guess you, yeah. So how do you think we can control self-pity? Put it, um, they say, well, I know men and women, Venus and Mars, men are able to compartmentalize better. So I think if you're able to compartmentalize better, I think you're able to handle self-pity better. I think you have to be good at reflecting on yourself. You have to really kind of, you have to look deep into yourself and go, what, what part do I have in this, in, in my relationships? You know, whether it's with your husband or friends or your children, what part do I have? And it's, if you, um, it's like, um, I mean, it's like I was, I was telling somebody yesterday that, for example, if you're on a dating site and like women will say, well, I will never contact a man because that's, you know, I, that would just be embarrassing. So if you never contact the guy that you like and he never contacts you, then you're missing out because it could be something. And then if you then say, ah, he's not contacting me. Well, then you have to take, you have to take the consequences of your actions. So then if you have a pity party, if you, if you pity yourself, because he's not contacting you, then you're a part of the problem. It's almost like the Does pity it? party. The pity party allows you to miss out on things. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly. Wow. Uh, the one of the, the one of the eureka moments I just had when you were talking about that is that um, forgiveness mm-hmm. can really fight the self pity. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you get divorced, and once again, forgiveness isn't for them; it's for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't forgive that person and that person is always on your mind and that pity party becomes huge. Yeah. Cause you're just, you're just wallowing. Wallowing. You just wallow, yep. wallow and you never, and you just, I think also what can happen is you, you just get angrier and angrier. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's like my, it's friend like you now. chase your tail. Yeah. It's like my friend now. It's been eight years. I've, I've listened and listened and listened. He was never good enough. I was never good enough as a friend, apparently. Um, and now she's 
now it has reached the the you know the water is running over now i'm saying you know time mm. out and now she's getting angry i see it like this too so if we can deflect a little bit let's say your friends having a pity party mm-hmm. your friend projects that pity party on you mm-hmm. you're having a pity party with your friend yeah but you can't yeah. allow that yeah you can't yeah, well, well no it, it's not good yeah but 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 it's almost like you get sucked into the pity party absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely to her pit to, to her pity her, party her yeah. pity party and you don't have a pity party you're doing fine yeah. but then i think when you get sucked in someone else's pity party mm-hmm. you kind of like assume some of those qualities mm-hmm. and or emotions mm-hmm. maybe when you're around that person other than that you're doing fine but but when you're around her you kind of feel like crap and so you get sucked in so basically when you get sucked in and you just listen to the you know to the Complaints and complaints and complaints. Over and over and over again. Then you're a, you're an enab- enabler. Yes. Because we, I mean, but some people like me, I don't, you know, you try to, you try to give advice, you try mm-hmm. to help, but I'm not a professional. Yeah. I don't know what to say. And then you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings and you don't know, because you do have that friendship relationship and you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings so you're just like yeah and either you agree with it and yes yes he's really really bad he's really really bad and you don't even know that person so when you're agreeing with them you're actually enabling them i think so i think so because i mean if i don't know the person that the person if i don't know the person that is talked about and i agree that that person is bad then I don't even know. I'm just taking her word for it. And it's like, instead of saying something constructive to her, which I, I, I never did. And so I guess I was a bad friend because I never, I never told her the truth. No, I think you weren't a bad friend. I, I think you only knew, you didn't know what you know now. No. So now you have the tools to handle yeah. someone's self-pity. Yeah. So the fact you didn't know, I don't think you're a bad friend. You were just in, yeah. in that context and you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now I know. So next time you have yeah. a damn friend yeah. comes with a pity party, you'll be kicking some ass. And this is the self-reflecting part. It's yeah. like something happens to you. So instead of, you know, just arguing back and forth, just, just say, okay, I'm really sorry about what you're going through. And mm-hmm. then, and then when you break it, reflect on, okay, what just happened here? Otherwise it's, I can, I can, pity myself i can oh she's just yelling at me and i'm a really really bad friend and all right what are the odds of you revisiting that friendship and taking the tools you have now and maybe working with that friend i am thinking about it i'm ah, seriously thinking interesting. about it because i think the self-pity um if you if the definition is also usually about depression mm-hmm. and you 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 just i mean you you're it's it's destructive to your, to to your, I guess your mental stability psyche. And yeah. so, yes, of course, I've I've been thinking about you know revisiting and and um, but I don't I don't know I don't I'm not a you know it's, you're not a therapist I'm that's okay therapist, but yeah. we can only do what we can do but, true friends I think and I have a lot of true friends good true friends your true friends are going to be there with you and try to help you no matter what yeah. 
It's got to be something heinous to really cut off a true friend. But you have the person who is pitying themselves. They have to realize that they're doing it. But they're not going to realize right to, away. To get out of it. It's going to take time. Yeah. It, it's not going to just snap. Hey, I'm pitying myself. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to stop. Uh-uh. So I think if you revisit it, you take little baby steps. Yeah. You know, you don't agree with her. You know, you don't do all those things that you did before. Yeah. Like agree yeah. and say nothing. Yeah. Um, maybe you deflect. Maybe you bring positivity to the to the conversation. And, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. You know, maybe maybe other things uh, other than reflecting on the pity, because I think what happens is we let our friends get into the pity party mm-hmm. and and we we kind of push them and keep them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, girl. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And say, like, hey, let's let's go out for ice cream. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get you out of bed. Let's get you dressed. Mm-hmm. Get a shower. You stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's go. Yeah. So I think that's our job as true friends is it not to give up on them, mm-hmm. but um, it's almost like caregiving. Oh, man, this podcast is getting good. Mm-hmm. It's almost like caregiving. Mm-hmm. You're uh, like caregiving your mom. You know, your mom and friends know what your what your points are, mm-hmm. and they, they dig on those points, mm-hmm. but you just have to stay on the course and give them the care they need. Because it's also, what's also you have to be careful when you are the caregiver, mm-hmm. it's easy for you also to sometimes kind of pity yourself because like, well, I'm always doing this and I'm always doing that. I'm always helping and I'm, you know, and now I'm feeling, you know, like crap because yeah. I'm just doing this for everybody else. And it's either you help or you don't. Yeah. Well, they say one of the, the caregiver's important job is to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, w- once again, and I say this all the time in these podcasts, you you know the plane goes down the the mask comes down yeah. you put your mask on first and the kids mask yeah. on second you know you got to take care of yourself you know you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of anybody else yeah so man what a worldwide podcast yeah oh my gosh. <laughs> caregiving <laughs> self pity what's next but yeah so so you go back to your friend or and you just try to work it out yeah yeah. But it's, it's, it's easier said than done because oh, yeah. it also depends on how much energy the caregiver has. Well, because if, if you're not willing to really work it through, then don't go revisit it. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. So we're talking two different types of caregiving. Okay. We're talking caregiving like life, like. Like yeah. elderly, and, and then we're talking caregiving friend wise. I mean, mentally I, and physically. Yeah, I think caregiving friend wise is going to be easier because you can get in, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to change a diaper. You mm-hmm. don't have to yeah. give give medication. You can just, and you don't have to give advice. Yeah. And so I I think what happens is we get caught that we must give advice mm-hmm. to people that are self pity, where we just know we, we we just talk to them, just normal. Say hey and. And and hopefully they'll gravitate because because what you need to do is you need to stay in your safe place mm-hmm. and, and you need to stay in your anti self pity mm-hmm. place. So maybe they will gravitate towards you instead of you gravitating toward them. Because then I guess you got then self pity. I mean, when you're talking about, I mean, if you lose a limb or if you you know lose mm-hmm. a body part, then you feel sorry for yourself. But you can, I don't know if I mean you can fix it mentally. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't fix 
that you don't have a limb, but can you fix it mentally? Yeah. Well, what I hear when that happens is that the other senses and or limbs kind of rise to the occasion. Okay. You know, um, um, like being blind, people have a sixth sense of where objects are, things like that. So, but how, how if you are blind and you sell, you pity yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, and then if you have, you go through a divorce, like, how do you compare the two a little bit? Like, I think you're pitting yourself because you, that was another thing too I thought about before you got here was when you're divorced, you're two. And then when you divorce, I mean, when you're married, you're two. And when you divorce, you're one. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that transition from two to one is, I'm not trying to say it's the same. But the transition from sight to no sight. So there's a negative transition, and that's where the pity comes pity in. Pity comes in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anytime there's a negative transition, you're going to have some type of pity. Mm-hmm. And the the pity party either is going to be seconds, minutes, or days, or months, mm-hmm. or years. Mm-hmm. And along with the pity party happens, the, the harder that transition is from two to one or mm-hmm. sight to no sight. God, I'm getting good at this. So how, I mean, how long do you think it's appropriate? I mean, for you. You know, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, oh man. I guess when it starts to, to, to when it starts to override everything else, when it, when it starts to affect everything else you do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it's, then it's, then, it, then it's, it's time to long. cut it. Yeah. Um, um, I've had pity parties. You know, we, we talked about last time how you, you can hear a song or go to a place and then you, then, I think pity parties can be revisited and I think that's okay as long as you realize it and, and you get over it. Say, Hey, I remember that, that, that one ice cream shop and we go over all the time. Is that nostalgia or is that pity party? Well, I remember that one ice cream shop and we used to go there. We had a great time and I miss her. And, and then the pity party starts and you're divorced from her, but the pity party okay, starts. Okay, okay, okay. So, so I have to realize mm-hmm. that's a nice memory. There's a difference between memories and reality. So long as you keep that as as a memory and mm-hmm. compartmentalize that, which mm-hmm. men can do easier than women, mm-hmm. I I think you'll have less of a pity party because I I still think that pity parties are good as long as they're brief. Yeah, yeah. I think if yeah, yeah. But I think because I you have the you have the self you have the pity party, you the self you feel self pity, and then you reflect. Yeah. I, I keep going back to the self-reflection because I think it's super, super important to know why you're doing things and to just get to learn who you are. Again, the identity. Like, so it's who, almost like looking how, what, back. What triggers you and what, you know, in, in every situation, what triggers you in every situation? And I think that helps. That helps you fight the self-pity. So it's almost like looking back yeah, in order to go forward. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. so you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you have, because, like, I always say identity, to figure out identity, you have to know where you come from, where you are now, and where you want to be in the future. And so if you're thinking back about your divorce and what happened to that divorce, you know, socialize or read and stuff and do that now for you to ultimately know where you're going to be in the future. So once again, then self-pity is pretty much you're stuck in the past. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it's a very a, good. 
And instead of revisiting the past, you're stuck there. Yeah, yeah. And you can't really, you, you're you stuck in the past, so you can't really, you know, socialize normal where you are now. And ultimately, it hinders you from being, from ultimately becoming who you want to be in the future. I find this fascinating because it's all about how you deal with yourself and how you deal with other people. Ultimately, the socializing is super, super important. So we can look at uh, self-realization or change in three different phases. Mm-hmm. There's the past, mm-hmm. which which can include self-pity, but not always, as long mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. get out of it. Mm-hmm. The present, where you are now, yeah. and the future, where you want to go. Yeah. Because if, I mean, if you look at, at, at somebody like my friend, she's, and I'm not, I don't mean to like put her in a bad spot or anything, but she's in the past. She's not socializing healthy right mm-hmm. now. Ultimately, she has no future <laughs> that is positive. So another thing too is with a person stuck in self-pity, their, their present is the past. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so they're like in a double yeah. double so. state where yeah. they're in the past yeah. and their present is the past. Yeah. And so they can't make that step yeah. to the future. And it's super destructive yeah. for for that person. And and it's and again the self reflection, you've got to you have you it's super important that you have that ability to self reflect and see the positive in you, see the negative in you. See what you want to change, what you want to keep. I mean, nobody's perfect. And you just, this life here is just, we, we're just here to, to learn. And if you, and, and what a waste if you're just sitting and pity yourself and you're not, you're just living in the past. You know, you're just wasting time. What about, and this is be interesting. What about if one of the ways to springboard out of the past? in your self-pity mode is to actually look at some of the happy times in the past, not just the bad times. Mm -hmm. And maybe that can spring you into more of a present and into a future. But I think some people do that. And I know some, some of people I have talked to like, and I have done it myself. You thinking like, Oh, you know, when I was married, it was so great. So you almost kind of want to go back. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to the ex because you're looking at, oh, that was a really, really good time. And, and you see everything in it. Go back to the what? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand you there for a Try second. It. Yes. Try yeah. It. <laughs> Go back to the ex. That's what I, I thought I heard you say. That, I heard nothing else after that. <laughs> Let's see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I heard nothing else but wah, 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 go back to the ex. No, but you might see the good things, yep. and then you're focusing on the good things, and then you might go back even though you know it was destructive. Do you gotcha. see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. And so that can be, I mean, that's, I guess some people do that. I have a couple of friends that actually went back to their exes after getting divorced. Uh, a few have worked and a few haven't. I think it's a crapshoot. It, it, it is. But again, I think it's if you have the ability to self-reflect and you really wow. change, um, I mean, both of both of the people involved, if they, okay, you know, I'm going to change that because that's not a good thing to do, then it, I think it could potentially. 
I think that's one of the hardest things in the world to do for people to change. Yeah. Change, especially, you know, if you've been this way for 40, 50 years, it's like major change from being a very nasty person to be a nice person. Um, I think negative change is easier than positive change. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be an asshole, that's easy. But yeah. I think, I mean, I have, I mean, for many years, I probably had, you know, I would walk around, maybe think highly of myself, like, oh, I helped that person and I was there for that person in need mm-hmm. and this and this, kind of putting myself on the pedestal in a way. But then it's like now when my friend said, you know, you're you have failed as a friend. It really makes me look at all my my relationships and relationships. go, okay, what did I do there? Maybe I wasn't such a good friend there. And maybe I thought I was a good friend there, but I, I really wasn't. It, it's really, and I have really lately, maybe the last two years, three years, I really try really hard to really learn from each situation and look at how I how I treat others. I, I think from, let's say your friend says, or a friend says you're a bad friend, going back and looking at all your past relationships, I think it's almost overkill. That's kind of like having a, having a cop and he did one thing wrong in a the trial. Then they go back and look at all the, all the court cases that he was in. It's just how yeah. my minds yeah. work. And it's yeah. not like I really dwell on it, but okay. I'm kind of like, okay, ah, maybe, you know, because you can't really always put yourself on a pedestal because then it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what a person who has self-pity does. They put themselves on a high pedestal and everybody else is doing wrong. So in this case, I look at it and I really try to analyze it and see, do I do the same thing? Because I don't want to do the same thing. But you, but you're not in self pity mode. How can you be on pedestal if you're in a, if you're not in self pity mode? Because sometimes I can say, you know, if I sit, I mean, if I sit, for instance, if I say, oh, I helped that person, I helped that person, I gave, you know, I gave money to that person, and I, you know, drove that person everywhere every time. It's like, why am I even bringing it up? When you help, you help. Then leave it alone. But I'm kind of saying, I'm kind of saying it like it was a, it was a. Oh, I listened to that person. So I'm kind of like, oh, it was a lot of work for me. I'm kind of self-pitying myself. I can't see you doing that. No, no, but I'm yeah. saying I'm looking back and, looking and, back. and uh, analyzing if that's what I'm doing. And to make sure that next time I won't do it. Because do you see what I'm saying? You know, I think that tends to lend itself to expectations. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, Def- so you expect your friends to be your friends. And if you help your friends, you can. If you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. From my standpoint, because I can compartmentalize well, too much other stuff to, to worry about. But Just I think I think what many people do, and maybe women, because I have women friends who, who help a lot. And you help, but you really don't want to help. It's like you're listening to somebody and you go like... Okay, and you don't really want to. So instead of saying, being honest and saying, I don't want to listen to it. You know, it's just you just need to. That's part of getting sucked into the pity party. Exactly. You know, exactly. when you That's when you're sitting there, yeah. sitting there, and yeah. you're yeah. you're like, I don't want to help. That's yeah. they've yeah. That they've sucked you in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like then you feel guilty because you really don't want to 
you don't want to help, but you don't want to get sucked in either. So, so basically, just, people out there, if you're, you got a friend and you're tired of hearing the same thing they say, mm-hmm. you're getting sucked into their pity party. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you are. Yeah. We're not professionals, but we're damn close. <laughs> We're going to help some people. If we help one person, it was worth it. What did they say? Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I play one you know, on I the radio. I play one on TV, on, on the radio, yes. I play one on the internet. Wow. Yeah. So people out there, um, if you got self-pity, stop wallowing in in the uh, the crap. And if you have a friend with self-pity, try to help them stop wallowing in yeah. the crap. Yeah, I think that's yeah. excellent. So, so springboard, what? Positive thoughts, maybe out of, uh, do something different, mm-hmm. out of, um, what do you call that? Out of the ordinary, uh, change of venue. Mm-hmm. Reflect on Reflect. oneself. Yeah. Move to Holland. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. The pity's gone. I'm moving to Holland, just like Marianne did in May. Yeah. See, see, see how that works? See? Yeah. Yeah. Change of venue, you know, we talked about change of venue last uh, last podcast, where you affect change to make change, mm-hmm. and uh, so so we can relate that to, to self pity. Yeah, you have to have change in order to get out of self pity mode. Yeah, because if you if you just, I mean, again, if you just live in that old house where you lived with your your ex, and you're just walking around, and you go like, oh, we sat here and we had coffee every morning, you know. We, you know, we slept in this bed together, and now I'm sleeping here all alone. I'm drinking coffee here all alone. And it just becomes a little, yeah. little cesspool. Yeah. So just I think the two podcasts are really related. Related really well. Yes, Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Marianne. <laughs> We're going to fix some people today, man. I hope so. Yeah. I really hope that. And, and it just doesn't apply to divorced people, it, it applies to people in a long term relationship. Yeah. If you've been in a relationship a year, two years, and you get out, then even having a girlfriend or boyfriend, you can have self-pity. Yeah. And I don't think it matters whose fault it was, why it didn't work out. You know, you miss them. You miss the the continuation of, you know, it's kind of like two to one. Mm -hmm. Once again, there's a a change. Mm -hmm. So so self-pity can – so I see at this point, self-pity can be made by change and can be changed by change. So, yeah, that's a good way to look yeah. at it. Perfect. Wow. Mm-hmm. 38 minutes. Wow. wow. <laughs> that went by fast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a tough subject. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a all-encompassing subject. Yeah. Because it deals with friendships, relationships, mm-hmm. divorce, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, any kind of relationship yeah. with your parents, with your children, with your... And that's, oh, that's, let's go ahead and touch on that mm-hmm. one. Um Parents whose kids don't really thrive sometimes can have self pity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where where I go wrong, mm-hmm. but I see it from this standpoint. You know, maybe you didn't have all the tools you you needed to raise that child, but you did the best you could. Of course, and at some point they got to take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. They can't be in their forties and fifties and you have self pity on them. It's yeah. like, dude, they're making their own decisions. Yeah. And they know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. And I've seen where kids have blamed their parents as they get older and say, you made me do this. Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah. 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 But you have also, because sometimes even I say like, ah, oh, my daughter never calls me. I mean, my daughter has three yeah. kids. Yeah. And then I sit there and holler. I'm like, ah, oh, she never calls me. 
And then I kind of feel, you know, sorry yeah. for myself and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's so. Ooh, ooh the phone call. It's, it's not drugs or alcohol. Just a phone call, just Marianne. Phone call. <laughs> that's it. Wow. <laughs> but a lot of I think a lot of people nowadays. I mean, even people, the elderly. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of elderly people sitting in a nursing home, and nobody comes to visit them. You know what? Then how do you feel? Where's the pity party? Man, that must be a huge pity party, and it's every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and how I, much? I don't even want to say that's a pity party because I think at that in that situation, I think you're almost grant granted. To, ha- to feel sorry for yourself mm-hmm. because I think that's. And that's a little bit of loneliness too. So that's, mm-hmm. so that involves another, another mm-hmm. subject, you know, where you're, you know, I try to call my mom a couple times a week mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm bad, but that's sometimes I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, a lot of elderly people don't have a whole lot of friends, but at my mom's place, they kind of get together in the hall, mm-hmm. you know, middle of the day, middle of the afternoon. So there, there's always something going on and there's, um, they try to have activities. Mm-hmm. That's why they try to get people together. So they'll do a birthday, uh, like one day for birthday for, every, for everybody that month, things like that, or have a van go to Walmart or even to Cripple Creek. That lends itself too to being busy. And that lends itself too for helping people out of a pity party by keeping them busy too. Mm-hmm. That, so, yeah. 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 That's a great, that's really, really great. I like to change the venue and keep them busy mm-hmm. or, or you can incorporate the two mm-hmm. because sitting at home wallowing, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to wallow if you're busy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you see new things, I mean, yeah. if, if, if your mother is going to Cripple Creek, I mean, she's seeing new things. She might yeah. sit next to somebody at the, at the slot machine and she just go like, hi, how are you doing? Yep, you don't know what's going to come yep. from that. And that's, that's where, I mean, in my, my research, Social interaction is the most important for anybody. I mean, if you think social interaction, whether it's come to, you know, change, you know, and challenges, you know, getting out of your pity party, social interaction is the, the key. The key and positive social interaction is, is super, super important. So we never talked about challenges. What's, mm-hmm. how does that play a part? That's, you know, there's, there's change is something different. Challenges is something that you must meet or help me with that. I think for pity party, like challenge yourself to do something that you're afraid to do. Okay. You know, if you're afraid to forgive in your mind, even if you're not, I mean, if, if you have, if you're really angry with your ex, try to, to in your mind, Forgive, challenge yourself and forgive that person. Maybe say it out loud. You know, I forgive you for everything that you have done to me. Everything that I am angry about right now, I forgive you. So you can forgive. So you can just move on. Challenge yourself. And even and you go like, oh, I hate him. I hate him. But challenge yourself and say, Maybe he did something, you know, maybe he didn't mean to do it. Maybe he's just a bad person, but that's his problem. And I forgive you because I can't control it. I can't control somebody else. And that's the challenge that is not always easy to do because a lot of people are stubborn. So we need to challenge ourselves to help our friends with the pity party. Yes. There you go. There you go. Man, this thing is a round robin discussion. (laughs) It just keeps going around and around in circles. But it's just, it's, I mean, it's just something that it's, I think some people don't even think about, think 
about what they're doing, that it is a pity party. They just get so stuck in the in the emotions. So what's the first step to someone who has cut a friend off because they're having a pity party? You're tired to hear it. What do you think should be that first step for that person? To go back and fix it, you mean? Fix is a big word. Fix is a man word more so than a woman word because when women tell men things, they want them to listen and men just want to fix it. Cause that's, that's, that's our nature to fix stuff. I think, I mean, I think just like you, you did the definition here. I mean, Google definition and just send it to somebody and then they're going to go, Ooh, that's I how you that. start. Oh, I do that. I do that. Wow. That's in your face. That's I like it. I think you have to be in the face. Otherwise it's, it's not gonna, I don't think it's going to work. So start with a, with a text, with a definition of, Pity party, and then go from there. Go from there. Wow, I never thought I'd hear that one. That was that was, that was like, <laughs> it's, or kind of like when your spouse snores, you send them a text about snoring. Hey, you snore. Let me see this text first. The, the Marianne method. I'm gonna send you a text of what I don't like about you, and then we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> well, I like that. Then it's, it's open. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt what Marianne's gonna talk about you next because you got a text. But if you send a definition. There is no, there's no doubt about it. I no. didn't make, I didn't make it up. No. I didn't make the definition up. And if you can see yourself, if you have the self-reflection, you know, the insight enough to go like, oh man, that's me. Yeah. You know, I, I am depressed, or I just talk about the past all the time. Boom. So what happened if it goes south though? What do you do then? So and I think you, that's that's. I mean, you just can't do anything about it. So you send the definition. How soon do you contact? I'm just trying to get the get the get the get the order here. I think I think once you send the, the definition, if that person doesn't respond, then there's no more interaction. I like that, man. That's that is that is ballsy, gutsy. Yeah, but can I do that? <laughs> Will I do that? So, so if anybody gets a picture of, uh, if I text you a picture of. Um, of head and shoulders, you know what's coming. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. So I'm gonna have a bunch of a bunch of emojis um, in, in my phone. Dandruff, bad breath. <laughs> and I have a list of people. Bam. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> All right, everybody. Wow, that is that's a long time. Wow. 38 minutes. 38 minutes. All right, everybody. Have a nice day. I hope we can help one person. Just one person. Let us know what you think about self-pity. That's very interesting. I like that subject. Not that I want to be there. But yeah. But, but but once again, I think that self-pity is a necessary part of life. Like good and evil. But you just need a little bit of evil to have good. All right. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night.